Yeah. Welcome back to the Shaw's Law Podcast. I am your host, Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God. Today, I am talking Miami Heat with John Jablanca. We just practiced that off mic, and I feel like I butchered it. Um, John, can you just say what up and tell people a little bit about yourself, where they can find your work, what you're at? So I'm I'm a college student in the UK. Just love basketball, love talking about basketball, love writing about basketball, anything about basketball. You can find me on Twitter on John Jablonka underscore, where I write on all you can all you can heat on a fun sided website. And soon I'll be starting my own website at simplyballing.com. That's really exciting. Uh, what kind of website are you going to have? A writing staff? What's the plan? Yeah, so it's just my own personal basketball website where I'll just focus on the league in general, the business side of the league, breaking down players, watching film and stuff like that. Just my own content creation. All right, and you are, where are you located? Uh, London, like near London, in the UK. So how did you become a Heat fan? Uh, that's actually a weird... I started playing basketball in, when I was 13. Then I just got into basketball by watching Jamal Crawford. And then I saw him, Chris Paul, and he was wearing number three. So I was like, I like number three. I wear number three in my school basketball team. Searched up people that wore number three in NBA and found Wayne Wade. And then I just watched Wayne Wade highlights and just started becoming a Heat fan. All right. Uh, who's your all-time favorite Heat player? Oh, Wade, easily. Oh, you guys can't see it, but he shook his head at, like, the disgust of even asking that question. <laughs> like, like, there wasn't another option possible. Yeah, it's not even close. Um, Do you have a favorite player on this iteration of the Heat? This um, has to be tragic. Okay. Um, you guys had some notable subtractions for me for you guys this offseason were Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. Am I missing anybody that you think is gone that I'm not quite giving enough credit to their impact? We only had three people that left the team, them two and Solomon Hill, but that was in a big subtraction, subtraction from the team. So I don't think that matters a lot. He was on your team, so like you might not be able to say it. Solomon Hill sucks. But uh, I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Solomon Hill sucks. He didn't suck. He just, he just was there. He gave, he gave good leadership, you know, he just good minutes off the bench sometimes. But not, yeah, he sucks. It's okay. It's okay. No, I, can't, I can't say that about Heat players, that they suck. I, I know. You can't say that because like, that was your guy. He was on your team. I get that. He's not on my team. I, I'll tell you. What's your team? I don't really have a particular NBA team, so I'm not afraid to say anybody sucks, really. Good way to be objective. Um, your notable addition, Avery Bradley. <coughs> Sorry about that. Precious Achua. And uh, Mo Hartley. Yeah, I think Avery Bradley is one of the best additions we'll have, especially for the split, the split in the mid level with him and Mo Harkless. The Heat, um, according to like B Basketball Index, the Heat's main weakness was always perimeter defense and guard defense, and that says when 
your defense is tragic and Tyler Hero is short wingspan. And then Duncan Robinson as well. So Avery Bradley will definitely help that. Mo Harkless is a good addition as well to replace Crowder because Crowder was, Crowder came into like a, the heat and just exploded from three. But I don't think that's a reasonable thing to say he would continue shooting at three as well as he did. So Mo Harkless isn't as good of a shooter, but he will still provide that defense that Jay did. Um, I think Precious Achua can really grow into replacing Derrick Jones Jr. Like, the big physical frame, the jump shot needs work, but by all accounts, he's a hard worker. And, like, that, he reminds me sort of of James Johnson and Derrick Jones, like, somewhere Mm -hmm. in the middle of those two former Heat players. I haven't watched much of um, Precious in the college, but... From what I've seen so far, it looks like he's got good motor, like hard work. He's already he's already working out with Tyler Hero in the gym. And what Pat showed us, you can't question now their their drafts. Um. Also, I don't have an NBA team, but I am super partial to Kentucky guys. So, like, you couldn't get me to say Bam and Hero suck. Right. <coughs> Um, the BAM deal was something that we thought might be pushed to the back burner because Miami thinks they have mm. a real chance at Giannis. Um, just what are your thoughts on them getting that done? I can't blame him. Uh, you're, he's 23. He had a shoulder injury and other injuries in the Boston Celtics series. And when you're 23, you can't turn down 160 mil. Oh, and you, I know you, the goal is to win. But you play basketball to support your family and stuff. You can't turn out that much money because he could get hurt tomorrow, and he will not the ha- he will he won't have that contract. Yeah, like Bam was at a you got to pay me at this point. Yeah, you can't say no to your franchise player. Um, that's funny. Do you view him as the franchise cornerstone or a Def- franchise cornerstone? Definitely. I have him like around 15 to 20 ish playing the league and his ceilings to me is limitless. He can be whatever he wants to be. His defense is already top. He was top five in a deep defensive player of the league and then second to most improved. He's a Jokic light on the offense with his passing skills. Plus he gives that defensive intensity as well. Bigger, better dream on. Is like always where I think with him. Yeah. Like it's it's athleticism and defensive effort, and he's a much better passer than I think people knew coming out of college. The next step for him is obviously just range on the jump shot. Like I'd like to see it get to three point range, but I don't think that's this year. But I'd like for him to <clears throat> when the Heat run those little DHOs or the fake DHOs. And the big sags too much. I'd like for Bam to just turn face up and bury that 17-footer. I think that's really critical as the next step of his development as an offensive player. Mm, yeah. And we saw that in the playoffs, actually. Um, I think he was shooting around. Those are low sample size and the attempts were low. He was shooting like 50% from the mid-range. But the best thing about in the playoffs was he went from a 69% free-throw shooter to a 78 in the playoffs. And he was... 
getting one so many free throw attempts and actually knocking them down, which is really important. And NBA scouts love to look at free throw percentage uh, to be indicative of what a player can be as a shooter. So a 11-point jump or a 10-point jump in your free throws, even in a small sample size, means you're putting in the work and there's still room to grow. Mm. And I believe you just touched on this, but that's a better percentage on more attempts than uh, pre-bubble, correct? Yeah, he um, in one of the series, he was actually leading the team in free throw attempts and knocking them down at like high 70s. Okay. Um, Dragic is your favorite player currently. They brought him back on... Would you describe this as a team-friendly deal or everybody wins? What do you think of Dragic? Yeah, everybody wins. Team options. Um, he had to get that balloon high payment for what he was doing. He was like the reason why they even got to the finals. Being the leading scorer in every series, I think. And then got, getting injured. He, he, they had to like help him and save, pay that man. But yeah, it's all, it is team friendly. They always can just bring him back next year, decline and restructure his deal. Same with Myers Leonard and other team options we already gave. What does Dragic bring to the Heat? I think it's mainly in ta- the intangibles. He's he's European, so he's tough. He works harder. He's got that good brother relationship with Jimmy, and that's important. That is important. And you can see from the court with him and Hero. Now, when I was watching the mic'd up uh, Heat stuff, and the way him and Hero were talking was just great chemistry. to love Tyler Hero like down to a man he's just he's like everybody's little brother yeah um do you have a favorite memory from this playoff run um Bam's block oh man that might be the best play of the playoff <clears throat> and like it was, the bubble- that as well um Tyler Hero passes to like Iggy the no look pass that was nice. Um, can you walk us through... Did you watch the band Block live? Yeah, I watched every game live, yeah. Can you walk us through what's going... Like, what's the setting? Are you at the bar? Are you at the crib? Like, what what's happening? Um, right, right in this position. Just sitting, nervous. I, was, I think it was, it, was, it was OT, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to have another OT, because that... It, Winning the first one is already tough, and then going to another one is even worse. So they had to either end it as a loss or win, and then just bam, blocked it. I went crazy when he done that. So I went nuts for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> one, I told you Kentucky is my team. like, mm. But my dad is born and raised in North Carolina, so him and my brother are Duke fans. So for my Kentucky guy to hold... Duke's star Jason Tatum's dunk attempt at the rim and like just this spectacular awe-inspiring play is one of my favorite moments because like I finally get to stick it to them like ah we got one we got you finally like my guy versus your guy they meet at the apex and my guy eats your layup with his left hand he just rips your dunk attempt out the sky with the left hand yeah when when looking at it, it's like it's better than most blocked in NBA history because it was a 
he was going to dunk that. If it, anyone else but Bam, he was going to just throw that in and posterize them. But Bam just said no. Anybody else but Bam, he probably breaks their hand. Then he, yeah, he already had that dunk on LeBron. LeBron couldn't stop him. And yeah, like that's like a full head of steam. He made a good move and got open and he attacked the rim the way you're supposed to. Like you're supposed to be attacking to finish strong. It was just a spectacular play by Bam. Yeah, nothing Tatum could have done better. So. Um, do you think we'll see a lot of Mo Harkless and uh, do do you think we'll see Mo Harkless at the four a lot? I actually project projecting that Mo will be at a four in my latest article on all oh, you're gonna heat. I put Mo at the starting four because there's Iggy, there's Myers, there's Kelly, and who else? Was, and Precious. So one of them needs to be starting, and I think it will be Mo because of that ability to stretch the floor and still provide that defense. Who is your projected starting lineup then? Uh, Bradley, Duncan, Jimmy, Mo, and Bam. And is that because you don't think Dragic will be ready for the season? Yeah, I don't think I'm like almost certain Dragic won't be starting at all. He didn't start last year. He's gonna get. He's still recovering from his injuries from the final, so he needs to get healthy for the playoffs again. And I think at his age, they'll just he would just ride a bench and be a playoff performer. Expect Jimmy to be the lead ball handler then. Him and Bam, yeah. Bam already was handling the ball that game six versus Celtics. He was just got the ball, run up the court, and did his thing. So I think we'll see more of Bam controlling the ball as well get it off the rim and go big. Like yeah. where the it can get it and you don't need to look for the outlet, just all five of us take off and he can make smart decisions and he won't kick it off his foot every damn time. Those guys just change NBA offense. Exactly. He would just get that he would get that block or rebound and just sprint and either dunk it or find Duncan on the run and just splash it free. a young guy or an under-the-radar guy that we should be looking out for on this roster? Like how Duncan Robinson kind of popped two years ago? or KZ. I think KZ is going to be our Duncan this year. Um, can you tell me more about him? I haven't watched much of KZ, but the, what everyone's been talking about him, um, I think I saw like Pat project him, sees him as a, like a first-round pick, even though he was picked in the second round last year. So the the team does value him, and I think this whole year, just riding the bench, watching, learning, I think he will be ready for this year. Do you expect to see Tyler? I'm sorry, not Tyler. Um, Kendrick Nunn have a bounce back. I hope so. Um, he, he hasn't been the same since February when he was dealing with his injuries and I think he had some personal issues as well and then he got COVID so I think this time off should do him some well but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's got if he got moves and KZ you're referring to is uh, KZ Opella yeah and what's his game like I haven't seen much of him Uh, what can you tell me about him I haven't seen much of him either because he hasn't been playing for the Heat like, in the regular season. 
but he's a lengthy guy. Um, I think it's over that like, seven foot wingspan as well. Um, they got him listed as uh, six eight, so that's like a big wing. Um, did he spend time with the G League team at all? I uh, think so, yeah. And he's still only 21 years old as well. Which is nice. Um, he's kind of thin, uh, 6'8", 215. That's, that, that, that's thin. Yeah. But I, I'm not like predicting he will have a huge role. In, the team is quite deep, so he will play limited minutes, I think. But I'm still expecting some growth from him. Um, do you think your finals run last year was a... How much do you think it was aided by the bubble? Let's not call it a fluke, but do you think yeah, it was... Yeah, it, it can't be a fluke. You can't have a fluke when you've never gone to a Game 7 or anything. So that, But I think, yeah, it did aid them significantly. Like from Heroes not breaking out that well on the road with fans... Duncan is not shooting that well with fans screaming at him. But, I mean, everyone else did have the same Everybody played up circumstances, yeah. which is fair. Like We all played the same games. I do think that the Heat having a normally late-arriving crowd, and I wouldn't say that they're always the most raucous crowd, mm. was a... It didn't hurt the Heat as much as it hurts a team that rely so heavily on feeding off of that crowd energy. Uh, Toronto is an example of that. Um, even Milwaukee, like the Heat, the Heat do what they do while Milwaukee might be eating off of that crowd, yeah. like feeding off of that energy. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, so it did play some role, especially for the young guys. But I still, they deserve to be there. You don't, beat the best team in five. Never been in an elimination game until um, the finals by just luck. That's poetic about Jimmy Butler for me. Just tell me what getting him did last year and what was it like having him as the day-in, day-out star of your team? I was a huge Jimmy fan from the start. I didn't think he was that toxic like in Minnesota or Philly. I've um, just been a fan of his work ethic, he waking up at three, and that just definitely rubbed off on everyone else on the heat. And it's, got to, it's good to have a guy like that. Doesn't um, stat pads, doesn't ask for stats, doesn't care as much. He can literally shoot seven times and a half and still be impactful, getting other guys going, holds up people accountable, just a great guy to have on your team. He's like, I know there are always cliches like, oh, this is the perfect marriage. He's sort of what like heat culture looks like as a person. If like yeah. the heat culture was embodied, it would just be Jimmy. Yeah, it's like, that, yeah, Jimmy's a perfect example. I think, yeah, him and UD are just a perfect example of what heat culture looks like. And UD's another one. Like, Jimmy's the star version of Udonis Haslam, but he's also, like you said, he's not concerned about shots or stats. Like, winning is the bottom line, and he'll guard the other team's best player. He'll be the playmaker, the scorer. He'll do what it takes to win and doesn't care how we get to the win. Yeah. 
one minute he can give you 40 points, then another triple-double, or he can give you 12 points, 10 assists, 5 steals, or something like that? Um, You guys were 44 and 29 last night, last yeah. season. Do you expect to be better or worse than that? Around the same. I think the... Do you think that's sort of right in your wheelhouse? Like, that's... Yeah, I don't think we'll be like the second or first seed. I think we'll be more load. The Heat only played, they played basketball like last month. So they need, they will be load managing more. So I don't think winning more games will be good for them. That's a very fair point. Um, I know, I know your answer, but I got to ask anyway. Will the Miami Heat be in the playoffs this year? Yeah. <laughs> Top five. Top four, yeah. Top, top, I would say top four. All right. And do you have an all-time favorite Heat memory? I normally ask this at the beginning and I just forgot. Like an all-time or like a couple Heat stories that like embody your fandom. Uh, I started watching the Heat um, twenty like when they were bad. I'm I, not a bandwagon. I, I didn't even know who LeBron was, actually. I was just a fan of the Wayne Wade. I started watching bus, started actually watching him in the 2014-15 season. But my favorite memory was like sleep um, 2016 playoffs. The um, the Purple Man and D Wade. You know that game? No, I don't know if I know this one. Uh, if you if you Google D Wade and Purple Man, and you would you will not you will see what it is. It was game six, I think, or game five versus Hornets. Um. Wade was not known as a shooter, right? He made like three threes in the whole regular season, and then come playoff time, he was just knocking them down at like sixty percent. And there was a purple man, um, guy in a purple t-shirt that was talking trash to him. He just looked at him, knocked down a three, and they they won a game. Yeah, like those are the kinds of things I like. Um, I hope all the listeners go and look that up. I know after we get off this call, I will definitely be doing that. All right, what is a realistic successful season for successful season for the Heat this year? Um I think a conference finals is that's the line. Depending on like the seedings, they should get out of the second round easily. I don't they they will get into the second round, I think for sure. And depends on the matchup. I think they should the success would be conference finals. So a successful season in your eyes would be a, con- a trip to the conference finals. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's fair. And can you, I know I've asked a couple sc- stories. I just want you to walk me through the Jimmy Butler triple double game. The first time anybody has ever outscored, out rebounded and out assisted LeBron in a finals game. Yeah, that was actually, that was a mad game. Um, how I've, I was thinking that was game three, wasn't it, or game four? I want to say game four, but I've, I've yeah, it was one. Um, I didn't think they had a chance, like the Heat, of winning. So I was thinking of not staying up that late, but then I was like, no, nah, I, I need to stay up. Then managed to stay up to like three or four a.m. and then just saw Jimmy do what he did. That was that was my best game that I ever watched live. Um, as a Kentucky homer, do you have any fun BAM or hero stories for me? 
Not that not. Alright, just I, I just gotta check because I eat that kind of stuff up. Mm. Alright. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the heat or do you want to plug some work for us? Um yeah, I'll plug my uh, my you can find my work, like I said, on all you can heat. And soon I will be posting on my Twitter at John Jablonka underscore my website simplyballing.com and that's where you find all my stuff. Can you spell your last name for people so they can I can make sure that they can follow it? So yeah, John J O H N then J A B L O N K A underscore. <coughs> so I'd like to thank today's guest, John Jablonka of All You Can Heat. Um, please make sure you guys go follow him on Twitter and look out for his own personal website and content creation coming. You'll be able to find that on his Twitter when the time is right. It's He's over in London, man, and he took some time to chop it up with us about the Miami Heat, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, and if you guys appreciate it, please go give my guy a follow. I'm Rob Shaw. This has been the Shaw's Law Podcast. Miami Heat preseason edition. Thank you for listening.